0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, I'm Andrew Ivins. That is David Lake. We are coming at you uh, on a Thursday in mid-February. I think, David, we weren't initially planning to tape a podcast uh, kind of this week. We had teased it on the last episode that we might wait a while, but News has happened unexpectedly, like always. But before we get into that, David, just kind of how you doing here in uh, what was supposed to be a dead February? Yeah, I'm good. How was your vacation? Tell us where you went and
1: (laughs) what was your favorite part?
0: Uh, I was uh, down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, One of my, my good childhood friends, he's a traveling musician and he was playing a uh, caribbean tour down there um some different wow. beach bars and and stuff and he was like yeah you you should tag along so I, I went down with my uh with my brother and it was uh it was a great time to kind of unplug limited wi-fi which is kind of a blessing because you can uh yeah. you know put get the away. phone away for a little, yeah uh, but before you know and then on my flight back i, I i'm on the plane and, and we'll get into this in a little bit wake up to, uh, not, yeah, kind of wake up from my, my mid-flight nap to this text message that Dad Franklin had committed, and I, it was kind of a joke, I was like, is this, is this real? I mean, so. Uh, <laughs> so it was like, welcome back to reality. Yeah, exactly, I was like, oh, now I gotta just fire up this commit story um, while I was sitting on the plane deboarding, and the person next to me was Appalled, I think I mean, let's keep in mind that when I boarded this flight, I'd I rolled in just from the beach. So <laughs> uh, In a bathing suit. So I don't think they were too happy It wasn't a miami fan sitting next to you <sighs> No, no, I, there was no miami fans that I encountered um, <laughs> Or there might All have p- been some other that but no one no one introduced themselves.
1: Let's get into the fed Well, I guess first let's let's talk about our schedule here in the off season, right? So it's the off season. Things are slowing down with football. It'll pick up a little bit during the spring. So what are we thinking? People should kind of count on us doing a, a podcast every Thursday, Friday, and maybe during spring we can sprinkle in two a week if there's enough meat on the bone to do there. Does that sound sound good to you, Andrew?
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of what we discussed. I mean, you know, we got we had a, a big conference call meeting with uh, the higher-ups, and uh, they said that we needed to come up with a – consistent schedule which i'm all for and i think me and you are have kind of agreed we're going to shoot for a thursday friday taping i mean we don't know what miami's schedule is going to be for spring football we know as they start on february 29th correct that'll that'll be the first practice but they they could practice on a, a thursday or friday i mean we really don't know yet so just just I would say if you guys subscribe to the podcast or you know, you guys tune in however you kind of find it, just expect one of those a week and then we should be cranking out some emergency reaction podcasts, uh if there's any breaking news and um there'll be more on that I think moving forward. But for now, the schedule it looks like is uh is one a week.
1: Yeah, and I think that'll be a good rhythm here for the off season. Like you said, you know, if something goes down during spring, which always does, is going to happen, and then we'll just throw in an emergency podcast when it when it does take place. So, you know, every Thursday, every Friday, look for a new one, um, and yeah, let's get started. I guess going back to Thad Franklin, um, tell us what you learned about how that commitment kind of came about, kind of came well, out of nowhere to me, to be honest. <laughs>
0: Yeah, let's talk about Thad Franklin, the the player, first off. I think if you're a casual Miami Hurricane fan, that that name's kind of familiar, and that's because Thad Franklin, who is a four-star running back out of Hollywood, Shamadon, Madonna Prep, um, he was committed to the Hurricanes for a while. He actually committed to Miami when Mark Richt was was still the head coach. Uh, So I think that was after his sophomore season, right before his – his junior season, or I might have that a little, little wrong, but it was a while. I think twenty eighteen. He he had been committed since, um, or he committed midway through his junior season. Excuse me. He committed to Miami, and he decommitted this past December uh, after the the string of losses there for uh, for Miami, kind of citing that he wanted to explore his options. And you're right. David, you said this was surprising to you. This was very surprising to me. Um, I also think it was surprising to the folks in Coral Gables because uh, when I, I had gotten the initial text that that Thad had committed, you know, I, I started ex- exchanging texts with with my contacts and I, I spoke to someone who was very involved in the recruitment. I think they that I actually kind of broke the news to them that that Thad had committed. And why, why was it a surprise? I mean. Uh, Thad that is an elite running back, and Miami just signed two elite running backs in Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton, the two kids who were already on campus, and as one UM staffer put it to me last week, there was a feeling inside Miami's football offices that, hey, we might have to go out of state to find an elite running back because some of these kids in state might be a little scared to play behind uh, a Don Chaney or a Jalen Knighton, so very surprising but a monster get for Miami, at least in my eyes. I mean, I'm a huge Thad Franklin fan, and he ran for what was it, 2,800 yards this past season, 28 touchdowns. That included a 355-yard performance in the 3A state state title game. Uh, he also ran for like 287 against Miami Central. So he is, in my my opinion, the real deal.
1: Tell us, you know, what you like about him in terms of his style, and, and maybe. How is he different than the guys Miami just added in in Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton?
0: He is a physical running back. Um, The game that really – well, there's two games that stand out to me. I saw him play as a sophomore in the state playoffs against university school. That's when Kenny McIntosh, um, who who was a a Miami target at the time – Ended up signing with Georgia, but he was R.J. McIntosh's brother. You know, they went head-to-head. I I think it was in the playoffs or it was pretty late in the season. And Thad Franklin stole the show that night. He ran for over 250 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. And I thought then he was a pretty um, uh, imposing runner in terms of he, he likes contact. He didn't shy away from contact. You know, he could drive the pile, took One or two or or not just one or two defenders to take him down. Maybe it was it was three or four fast forward to preseason this past August. You know, they have those referee scrimmages. I was out at one. um, I think it was at Cardinal Gibbons and. and, uh, uh, Chaminade Madonna played plantation. And Thad Franklin, I think he only got three carries, but he made the most of them, and I think he scored on all three. And he was running over guys, and he always, always falls forward. So he's, he's a physical, powerful runner. Um, you got to hit him low, and, and he'll, he'll go low. Uh, he, he he will win with his pad level, and it, it's just a change of pace from what Jalen Knight and I think Don Chaney are. Both those guys have – a. a Elite forty-yard dash times. I think uh, I actually looked it up the other day. Don Chaney w- went eleven oh one in the hundred-meter dash. I didn't even realize that this past season. But he was a four-five kid on the lasers. I think Jalen Knighton was a four-four-nine kid uh, on the lasers. So he, to me, is is more of a bruiser, and, and those are more versatile backs. But that doesn't mean Thad can't catch the ball out of the backfield. He's he's a pretty natural athlete. He played AAU basketball, I think, up until this past summer when. The decision was made to just play and focus on football, and he's actually played some quarterback for his high school. Like that's where he started off his career, and that's all we all he did at the uh, at the youth level. So he's got very good vision uh, and understands how to find a lane and a crease and, and 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 pick up yards.
1: Your best guess, what would you
0: say is his height, weight, and forty time? Ooh, that's. That's a good one. He told me he's up to 215 pounds. I think he's all up 215. I actually think he might have played this past season closer to 220. Um, He's in that that 6-0 range. The thing is with him is going to be speed. Um, And a lot of Miami fans I know are going to wonder – why this guy isn't a five-star running back or or why certain recruiting services, including 24-7 sports, haven't given him that fifth star? And I, I think it's always going to circle back to speed because there are, is definitely going to be some questions about that. Um, my, my guess, I, if we're being honest, would probably be somewhere in that 4-8 that range, and and that would be a little bit generous. I mean, I just I don't know. I hope he runs sometime at some camp and we can get a verified number. Uh, I will say, though, 24-7 sports and, and Barton Simmons, uh, the, the national director of recruiting, I heard him talking about this uh, on another podcast, the College Football Daily, um, right around the national signing day, he kind of gave a breakdown of, of 24-7 sports, his recruiting rankings, and, and it was a ton of good information. If you haven't heard that podcast, highly recommend it, but he pointed out on, on that show that there used to be this this huge concern and craze over uh, track times and forty yard dash times for for running backs coming out of high school, but what what the NFL draft has shown over the years and I'm kind of paraphrasing uh, all this is is that the guys get faster in college and, and forty times drop, so there, there isn't that right. much concern and I, I think Thad... You know, if he ran, a let's say, a 4-9 now, I think he's a guy who could get down to 4-6 or, or something like that and, that, and that's perfectly fine if he works with a strength coach like David Feely. So I have two thoughts on, on this commitment
1: uh, in terms of what it means for Miami in the future and maybe how he fits in the offense, the Rhett Lashley offense. I personally love it when an offense is able to contrast uh, – being able to spread you out in the passing game so you know come out with four receiver sets and they play a running back who is big physical and can be a hammer so he's a guy that you know look we're going to spread you out your defense but we're also going to pound you with a physical running back so you better be ready to tackle i love that contrast and i i would be excited about Thad playing in a Rhett Lashley style offense, uh, assuming Rhett Lashley is still around and all that stuff. And also along with that, I think having a big physical back like Thad Franklin is going to be more and more valuable uh, the more that defenses start to go smaller to defend spread offenses, if that makes sense. So you know, we're seeing Miami take away a third linebacker and put a striker in, which is smart. You should do that. But I think a counter to that that offenses can can give uh, to the defenses is, okay, we're going to pound you with a physical running back. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, people get caught up in speed and all that stuff. But I think the physicality that Thad Franklin can bring to an offense and also, just the changeup, so to speak, of of what that can mean to spread, quote unquote, spread defenses. I
0: think it can be tough to handle, if that makes sense. No, I I agree, and I don't think a guy like DJ Dallas is necessarily considered a burner. Uh, would Would you say that? I mean, no,
1: I I would probably say you know high four fives. But yeah, okay. definitely. I mean, we've seen way fat. Like Lamar Miller was a burner. I think. Yeah. Like entering college, Don Cheney and Jalen Knighton are both faster than DJ Dallas was. Fair to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, well, maybe we didn't see it this past season, but you need a guy on the field who can can you can go four wide and pick up a, a third and two. And, and I think if you have Thad Franklin back there, that that kind of gives you that that battering ram.
1: Let's say they're all the same age. Don Chaney, Jalen Knighton, Thad Franklin. Um, You know, let's say they're all Thad's age. How would you rank them in terms of being a a prospect at the high school level and and upside and what they could mean to college? How would you rank them one, two, three? Again, all three are very good. So whoever is third on this list, we're not talking down on them. But... uh, who would
0: you rank one, two, three? Oh, this is going to be controversial. Um, and we're not, are, we, are, are we saying who we think is going to have the best college career, or who we just think's the best? I guess is, just the best. <laughs> I think. Like, who do you like? If you you're you're ranking running backs, who do you I have, feel most who do I feel most confident about being a, a for sure thing in college? How about that? There you go. Thad, and that is okay. that is that is a flamer though. But I've I've seen it with Thad, um, and like I said, I mean I, I loved Jalen Knighton. I, I love Don Chaney as well. I, I've seen both those guys have remarkable games, but I just think something with Thad's running running style and falling forward is pretty unique. And um, I don't know. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those three, and I'm who not taking it away two from three?
1: two. Is who?
0: Probably Don Chaney and, and then I would go Jalen Knighton. I think okay. that's 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 how I what about you? I would go Cheney one
1: just because he is very fast and he's, you know, a two hundred pound guy already, so he's not lacking size. I would go Thad two and then Jalen three. Just because you know, Jalen is a smaller guy, smaller framed guy, and you know, the higher up you go in terms of levels of football, your size does matter. Um, I do think Jalen's going to be a playmaker at Miami, but I, I think the other two guys just have more upside, um, you know, at the college level. And then if things go well at the, at the pro level as well.
0: Um, I think bottom line though, Miami is stacking yeah. elite talent. Like there's there the staff needs some credit here and, Yes. I mean, maybe maybe I should have talked about that a little bit more uh, of just getting Thad Franklin on board. And I think there was a few different factors in here. Um, a lot of people didn't know that Thad was kind of feeling South Carolina a little bit. Uh, he was there for a junior day a few weeks ago. And South Carolina is where Thomas Brown uh, was the running backs coach. And I think he he held a, a, some type of title as offensive coordinator um, so he, he, there was the relationship there. I think they were a bit of a dark horse in the recruitment, but Thomas Brown was hired away a few days ago to be the, I think running backs coach, uh, for, for yeah. one of the, one of the NFL teams, the Rams. I think the rant. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think once that happened, um, Thad kind of started thinking more about Miami and then ended up just kind of pulling the, the trigger and got to give Eric Hickson some credit some credit Shamana Madonna's his school Uh, he's the one that's been been working Thad from the start but I also had a a bunch of people tell me that Manny Diaz was actually very involved in this recruitment and and played a big role so um, maybe we're starting to see kind of Manny turn the corner as as an offensive or, or just as a recruiter in general I think yeah I, I, I mean, this is one, but I, he was involved with the, the Avante Williams one and, and, and whatnot. And I've been saying it all along Miami needs a head coach that isn't afraid to recruit. And it seems like Manny might be start starting to mold into that type of head
1: coach. Well, I wrote to, you know, the night that Thad committed, um, you know, the 50,000 foot big picture view of, of maybe what this commitment means. You know, I went back and look, this spans two classes. So, landing Thad is big for 2021. I went back and made the point that, look, since the turn of the new year, January 1st, 2020, you could argue Miami is kind of adding talent as well as anyone in the country right now. It's, it's pretty impressive when you think about they added Derrick King and Quincy Rocher in the transfer portal. They added Avante Williams to close out the 2020 class. Isaiah Dunson is a four-star corner they added in the 2020 class. And now Thad Franklin, who's the best running back in South Florida in 2021. That's a pretty impressive run. And you're right. I mean, Manny Diaz had a hand in in landing all of those guys. (laughs) Yeah. So is it a sign that that they're turning the corner? I hope so. Um, I think... I think what it does show is, look, man, the the potential and the ceiling at Miami is high if things are right on the field. People want to play at Miami, but you got to give them a reason to play at Miami, and it it boils down to on-field success. So can they carry this off-season momentum once again that's going on now into a successful 2020 season? That'll be the key, and if they do... You know, the 2021 class has a chance to be special.
0: One more thing on FAD that kind of I was thinking about. Um, Everyone wants to dog Miami and make fun of Miami for the high volume of decommitments, which is is fair and warranted. I mean, they had 19 decommitments in the 2020 cycle. But I think what no one has pointed out is Miami is actually getting some of these kids to recommit and then eventually sign, you know, 3 of them from right. last cycle, avante Williams, Elijah Roberts, Keyshawn Washington, like all those guys decommitted and, and came back and um Thad's the first one from the the 2021 cycle to do that and I think right now Miami's had seven decommitments in, in 2021 and I think they would take 3 3 of those guys back uh in, in addition to Thad and like, you know, at James Williams who's the five-star safety out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, American Heritage. Uh, you got Romello Brinson, the, the four-star wide receiver out of Miami Northwestern. And then Jacoby George, the, the, the four-star wide receiver uh, out of Plantation. So um, I just think someone someone needed to bring that up, that while there's a ton of people that like to claim that Miami's this, this mess when it comes to decommitments, they are getting some of these kids back. One thing I'm curious on Thad...
1: What is his personality like? Is he a quiet guy or is he an outgoing guy that, you know, will help recruit guys and, you know, maybe local South Florida skill players will want to play with him. What what is his personality like cuz I haven't really dealt with him?
0: He's more of a a quieter guy. That's that's how I would describe him, but I think there's a lot of of kids in the South Florida football community that respect him. And know what he has done um, over the years. I mean, like I said, he ran for twenty-two hundred yards or, or whatever right. it was as as a junior. I mean, as a sophomore, he ran for sixteen hundred yards. So everyone knows the name, and uh, I think it helps. I I don't know if he'll be a quote unquote bell cow and, right, and someone right. who's who's going to be very vocal on on Twitter, but w- one person described him to me as a as a true Kane. and. uh uh, that to me is almost a cringy term, just because of, of how it's thrown around. But like uh, the we, there's the video that I, I put in his, his commitment story. I totally forgot about it. Like after he scores a touchdown, he throws up the U wearing some some Miami gloves. So I think Miami's kind of a place where he wants to be.
1: So Franklin's on board, kind of a surprise commitment. You wrote an article recently um, on Inside the U. It was VIP, um, but we can, we can pull the curtain back a little bit. Where you mentioned who might be uh, a realistic next commitment to keep an eye on. You named, you know, a handful of players. I guess who are some of the guys you would want to touch on that were on that list.
0: Well, um, I think well, there was like five guys. I think the two, because we also kind of have this in the in the show outline is are, are there some realistic must gets out there for Miami right now? And I do think there are. and and, and two guys I want to bring up are our local offensive linemen The first one is, is Ryan Rodriguez, a kid we've talked about on the podcast before. He's a, a three star interior lineman from Miami Columbus. Um, I, I actually sent what we I sent you his clips uh, from the from the rivals Miami Camp. Uh, that yeah, took place over the weekend. I mean, I have no problem giving rivals some credit for putting out good camp footage at all. I mean, it was good stuff, and I thought Ryan looked very well in that. And I, I just, to me, he's someone that Miami probably needs to get in the boat now, uh, just given the state of the offensive line, how hard it's been for them to recruit the offensive line. So he's one who I, I think could could commit maybe after he visits some spring practices. Another guy who I think they they probably need to get is is another lineman. That's Michael McLaughlin. He's a tackle prospect out of uh, Parkland Stone Stone and Douglas. Um, six seven kid. Another guy. If you you follow recruiting uh, on the site, I mean you're you're well aware about him. But I, I think those are two that Miami needs to try to lock up as soon as they can, and then maybe they start going and targeting. Uh, some of these out of state like big names, but those are two for me that I've kind of circled and penciled in right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the clips you sent me of Ryan Rodriguez, very impressive. He was working at, at the center spot and he just looked very in control during the one-on-one reps that you sent me. And then McLaughlin, you know, he's a guy, he arrived, he moved to Florida. What? Within the last year or two. Is yeah, that right? June And, he was mainly a tight end before moving down here and he's transitioned to offensive line since then. And he has definitely improved. He's a guy that will need to continue to get stronger and add weight, which is fine. Um, So he's kind of a developmental guy, but he certainly has the length and the footwork that you want at offensive tackle. So I agree with those two. Those are, those are some good ones. What about at a, at skill position, who would you say is a quote unquote must get that Miami has a legit shot at maybe getting a commitment son from maybe soon. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know if these next couple of guys I'm going to mention are, um, kids that will be deciding soon, but I, this is another thought that I've kind of had over the past couple of weeks. And I think Miami's going to have to find a way to get one of these lethal slot weapons. Um, signed this year and and who am i talking about i'm talking like a Yul keith brown he's a a four star athlete out of i think he was at gulliver prep for for part of this past season he was then at miami central i think there's a someone told me he might be back at gulliver prep so he's one uh christian leary his he's already turned into a fan favorite a a must want and there's obvious reasons why he's a a 10 8 kid and um the hundred meter dash but he's someone who can play running back or 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 wide receiver and he had an excellent junior season up at Orlando Edgewater. Twenty four seven sports hasn't hasn't ranked him yet or or given him him any stars, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he's a four star kid. And then the final one is Brashard Smith out of Miami Palmetto, another slot tweener type that can maybe run the ball but also line up in the slot. And I just think Miami's got to find a way to get one of those three, just given what type of offense Rhett Lashley is probably going to run. I mean, we don't really know what it's going to look like until he installs it when you get into some spring practices. But it seems like they want speed on the field and versatility. And I just think it's a very good year in state. And those are just three off the top of my head. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's more of them out there. But Miami's got to find a way to, in my eyes, get one of those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, those are three big-time guys all three definitely slot guys, definitely space guys. I don't know if any of them are taller than five nine to be honest. Um, I don't but think they are so. but they are explosive uh playmakers let's let's put you on the
0: spot again. You got to pick one of those three. Who would you pick? Ooh, dude, that's another hard one i, I I'm a yolk Keith Brown guy, I think. um yeah, me too, man. I agree it, though. It's it, hard, like I like all three a lot. But I yeah. think I go Yul Keith, and the reason why I would pick Yul Keith is I I honestly think he could play like defensive back and be fine. I mean he he did that in the state title game um, for Miami Central against uh, who are they playing? I can't even remember off the top of my head right now. Maybe Escambia? I want to say uh, I don't know. I'm I'm probably gonna having a brain fart right now. But I, for me, just the versatility with him, um and you know. It, He's got a bigger body, I would say, than than Christian Leary and Brashard Smith. And I, I didn't find this out until actually earlier this week because someone asked me to look up some track times for uh, guys in the state. And uh, as dumb as that sounds, I mean, he went 11:01 in the 100 meter dash um, at some point as a sophomore, and that's a pretty good time. Yeah, and I, a I just, I just yeah, like I think he's he's pretty dang good. I, I think he's like a four star in my eyes. I agree with you on you, Keith. I will
1: say I do think like Christian Leary does intrigue me in potentially what we think this Rhett Lashley offense can be uh, because I do think he he's a thicker guy that can play a little bit of running back like he's mostly going to be a slot guy probably in college but you can line him up at running back at times and you know potentially confuse defenses with that look. I do think too Christian can be used as a returner, both at kick and punt. Um, I'm not necessarily sure Yule Keith could be a kick returner. I think he could be a punt returner though. Um, yeah. And honestly, I think I think what I'm saying about Christian Leary could also be said about Brashard Smith. Um, I just think Christian Leary is maybe a little faster with his track speed then brashard smith so i'd give him the nod i guess but again all three are excellent football players and all three fit the spread offense perfectly and this is exactly why miami should have been running spread offenses for a while now
0: Oof. we've been saying it we said it after the duke game
1: <laughs> well it's just yeah i mean again this is my point any offense can work but why make it harder on yourself when? the majority of your talent is spread offense talent that you'd recruit. So just make it easy on yourself and run a spread offense and you kind of have your pick of the litter, so to
0: speak. Anything else, uh, with the 2021s? I mean, I know that was a quick little overview, but, uh, anyway, I I mean, again, it's,
1: it's a dead period now, right? So things won't get cranked up with Miami. I mean, I know they had a commitment, but, with like visits and stuff until March. Right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, at March 1st is when it opens back up and I would anticipate there will be a steady flow of prospects rolling through coral gables over the course of, I don't know, like what four weekends or, or whatnot. I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's yeah, what it'll be like. And yeah.
1: So let's take right, a break. Go- and, uh, on the other side, we will get into portal talk and, some team stuff that that popped up on National Signing Day, some team news. So we'll see you after the break.
0: Okay, picture
1: this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back, and let's continue with some transfer portal talk. So Miami has made it clear that they are interested in potentially adding a eligible immediately eligible wide receiver through the transfer portal. And one guy recently uh, entered his name into the transfer portal. And Andrew, you have learned that Miami has expressed interest in adding him uh, potentially to the transfer to their team. So, tell us about that
0: situation, what we need to know, who it is, all the good stuff. So, we have mentioned in the past on this podcast that Miami uh, has been in contact with Tariq Black, the former wide receiver out of Michigan who has two years to play, too, and uh, from what from the latest information continues to suggest that Miami still in contact with him, but The new name that has kind of emerged as an option for Miami is North Texas wide receiver Rico Bussey. I don't know how much contact or or who's talked with who, uh, but according to people kind of close to Bussey, the Hurricanes have at least made it known that they're interested in in him. And I think there is some mutual interest there, like he uh, is open to Miami as well. Now, what does that mean? Uh, Who knows what will happen kind of from here? I think Bussy's going to have a ton of options. I think like Nebraska has been linked to him and and some other schools and why bussy? Well, he's a very good wide receiver. Um, He only played in one game this past season at North Texas. Uh, He tore his ACL, but he still had like four catches for 156 yards and a touchdown in that game. What most people know about Bussy and what they see about Bussy is his junior season when he totaled a thousand yards receiving and twelve touchdowns, and that got him on the uh, a few watch lists for some national awards. Um, but he's a guy who can work in the slot offense, and I think that's kind of why Miami is interested. David, what do you kind of think of uh, of Rico?
1: Yeah, I think I think honestly, I would. Rather take him than Tariq Black if I was Miami. Um, You mentioned it, but he at North Texas they played in the air raid. They played an air raid style of offense, and Rhett Lashley is going to be installing an air raid ish offense at Miami. Um, And so, yeah, you know, he's a guy that Bussy is a guy that uh, understands how to play in this system. He has produced at a high level in the system. I think, too, he, he has some skill sets that maybe Miami's receiver room lacks. He's a six foot 195-pound receiver, so he's kind of a physical guy that can win 50-50 battles. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that we've seen Miami's receivers that they have on the roster now uh, have, the, have that skill set necessarily so i think he would add a different dimension to the wide receiver group he is a strong scheme fit and two just from his standpoint i would think miami is attractive because rhett lashley throws the ball a ton uh they played 80 plays a game at smu under rhett lashley's orchestration and you know more plays means more opportunities to make plays plus the quarterback uh would be attractive too, you would think with Derek King coming in and playing quarterback for one year at Miami now. So I think on both sides, it it does make sense. We will see though, there there's still plenty of time to, to figure things out for bussy and Miami, but certainly I think this match does make sense
0: on both ends. Do you agree? Yeah, I think and like you said, he's going to have options. I mean, 24, seven sports is, I think it was Chris Hummer wrote a story of buyer's market on, on the main site. And Bussie was one of the eight players that was highlighted as best available on the transfer portal right now. I, I think I said Nebraska, maybe I said Indiana by accident has, has been linked to him, but there's going to be a ton of, of people interested in him and we'll see where it goes from here. Um, I'm assuming he probably has knows who Derek King is, just kind of being in Texas. So right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami tried to use him as a as a recruiter of sorts, uh, a guy who can say, "Hey, come play with me." Um, yeah, and I would think too they could point to you know
1: KJ Osborne in 2019. Now he didn't put up huge numbers, but he was Miami's leading receiver for the season as a one year grad transfer. So. It kind of shows that, you know, this coaching staff is willing to give grad transfers plenty of opportunities to produce and honestly to be in a leadership role because KJ was one of the key leaders for the team last year.
0: Let me ask you this. If it comes down to it, you know, we discussed at length the situation with numbers in the past, but Miami can only take one more grad transfer. It's it's May now or I guess it would really be. Yeah, May or, or June, would you take a guy like Rico Bussy over another offensive lineman, or would you be uh, more concerned with reinforcing that O-line? Honestly, I would probably take Rico
1: because I'm just not convinced that a good offensive lineman is going to be available in the portal. And if there is a good one, I think that linemen would go to a, you know, kind of a, a top 10 caliber team that we know that is kind of cemented in the top 10 going into the season and they feel like can be a, uh, make a championship run with. Cause let's be real, everyone needs offensive linemen. Um, there's very few programs that would not take a very good offensive lineman. So I think the competition level for, an offensive lineman that is on the level of a Rico Bussi, if that makes sense, is going to be too fierce for Miami to even try and win. So, if it were me, I would probably go with Bussi because two. Let's remember, yes, they were not good last year, but Miami's returning their top six linemen from last year. Um, they're adding Jalen Rivers to a freshman that, you know, might be able to get some time in the playing rotation. And so maybe with that year of experience, the group does get better. Uh, we still need to see it before we believe it, of course. But, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I would go Bussy. What do you think?
0: I have to agree here. I mean, I think Bussy doesn't equal more wins, but I think he helps you get more wins, um, and he might be a little bit more sure of a thing. I think it's easier to just kind of plug in a a, a wide receiver than it is an right. offensive lineman but it's just an interesting debate to to kind of have and i wouldn't be surprised if Miami tries to to add a wide receiver and an offensive lineman like i think they'll find a way to make the numbers work and potentially count someone forward but it's uh something to kind of marinate on it'll be interesting to see like what quality
1: offensive lineman does hit the portal between now and the start of the season um I'm not convinced. I mean there's been some solid ones that have hit the portal but mainly these guys are kind of journeyman types, you know? Like you look at the schools that the one that, that Miami was quote-unquote eyeing uh, early this semester and guys are going to, you know, Georgia Tech or Duke or Arizona State um, you know, and look, those guys could definitely have helped Miami. I'm not saying that but are they necessarily difference-making offensive line additions that that Miami missed out on? I'm not so sure. I think Bussy in this system could be a big boost to the offense, assuming he comes back
0: healthy from the ACL and all that stuff. And just as a point of reference, I mean, you've mentioned this a few different times about more talented offensive linemen kind of entering that portal after spring football remember Florida State's uh, Landon Dickerson I don't think his name went in until like May and he ended up at Alabama and I think he started every game for the Crimson Tide or or pretty close to it so that's I think that's kind of what you're talking about in terms of maybe a guy who's more of a sure thing than some of the other ones that have bounced around in there I mean you mentioned it Terrence Davis who ended up at Mayor or he the kid from Maryland that ended up at Wake Forest. He he was probably the surest thing But he was dealing with an injury uh, Devin Cochran the the Vanderbilt kid that ended up at uh, Georgia Tech He 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 wasn't really a journeyman, but those are really the only two everyone else has kind of bounced around or Played multiple spots on the line
1: And too, you mentioned Landon Dickerson that is a great example, but again, where did he end up going? Alabama, so like if Miami's going to be battling against Alabama types, Ohio State types, you know, I don't know what teams need offensive linemen, but if Miami's going to be going head to head in those battles for offensive linemen, I think it's going to be tough for them to win that. I think they can better sell, hey, play in this uh, spread offense that plays at a high tempo with a dynamic quarterback to a good wide receiver. At this point, I think that's an easier sell, if that makes
0: sense. Absolutely. Um, Moving away from the transfer portal, David, this kind of flew over my head um, last week during the traditional national signing day just because I wasn't at Manny Diaz's press conference or I was kind of on Avante Williams' watch. But he revealed uh, that the Hurricanes are going to be kind of shorthanded heading into spring football. And we mentioned the start right. date, February, was it 28th or 29th? I keep forgetting. 29. 29th. 29th, yep. So that's two weeks away. But he said that four of the early enrollees, so Miami brought in a, a record 13 enrollee, or 13 early enrollees, Excuse me, will be out with injury. Um, that, that group is Michael Redding, linebacker Corey Flagg, linebacker Tyreek Austin Cave, and, and running back Don Chaney. And then he also said that Bradley Jennings, Sam Brooks, two more linebackers, they're going to be out. Same with tight end Brevin Jordan, uh, offensive lineman Navon Donaldson, and safety Bubba Bolden. Not good, um, Yeah. If you ask me. And
1: to be clear, he did say these guys are all out to start the spring. He, he did say – he didn't specify which ones necessarily, but he did say – You know, some of them might be able to come back at some point during the spring. We will see. But yes, I mean, at this point, let's just assume they're going to be out for the spring. Um, So, yeah, moving forward, they are starting the spring with a long list of injuries, a long list of guys, early enrollees that are going to be out. Which which one of these names are you kind of like, man, that stinks? Or or which which one of these names concerns you most, you know, that they're going to be missing a portion of spring or maybe all of spring in terms of what this means for the season in 2020?
0: I think it's just the linebackers group in general. Um, yeah. You know, he and I know you asked me about early enrollees, but you take Sam Brooks, who started the Independence Bowl and. Played Well, I guess he's he's dealing with some type of shoulder injury and he could be one of those guys that does eventually get uh, some contact in a, at some point. But you're out. You're he's someone we thought maybe could start next to uh, Zach McCloud and Tyreek Austin Cave is is a linebacker that me and you are both very high on yeah. coming out of high school and it would have been nice to get him some reps. And again, we don't know how many he's going to miss. I, so I think it's the linebacker group in general.
1: I agree. I think the answer was in terms of what is most concerning, it's either those guys or it would have been nice to see Don Chaney this spring because I do think he has the potential to be an immediate impact running back. Um, Does that timeline get pushed back now that he'll miss some of the spring? Probably. So that stinks. But yeah, I mean, going back to the linebacker thing, I mean, Sam Brooks, he was prob he was the favorite to be the starter uh, next to Zach McCloud probably to start the spring. like I would have assumed uh, spring practice one depth chart. it would have been Zach McCloud and Sam Brooks. So now that Sam Brooks is injured and gonna miss the at least the start of spring, um, it'll be interesting because that pushes up probably Avery Huff into getting more opportunities, who took an academic redshirt this past fall. But people around Miami are extremely excited about his physical potential at the position with his length and speed and ability to cover. His athleticism in general, I, I think, is off the charts. Uh, he needs to learn the playbook, needs to understand his role within the defense. And if he does that, I think he can potentially be a very, very good linebacker at Miami. Um, so hopefully this means he will get more reps. But of course, we're, we're also going to see probably plenty of, um, what is it, Wayman Steed, um, who's coming back from an injury. Pa- Patrick Joyner. Patrick Joyner. So, you know, there's plenty of young guys or inexperienced guys that'll get lots of reps. But mainly this spring, what I want to see at linebacker is Avery Huff uh, learning his way through the position and working a lot next to Zach McCloud. You agree with that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to, I mean, you kind of walked right into it. I was going to ask you, who do you think it's going to be? I hope it's Avery Huff, man, because I think he needs to learn as much of that defense as he can, as he can, excuse me. Um, that's what I've heard from, from kind of people. Yeah. close to the program and I think if you can get him in there with that that first team unit and Zach McLeod's the one that's kind of uh pointing where he needs to be that that would certainly help out and one thing I hope maybe this coaching staff learned from
1: 2019 is you know let's not wait so long to get you know quote-unquote special talent going um I think we saw them be a little too cautious with with holding back Greg Rousseau during 2019 and I think we saw that too a little bit with Bubba Bolden when he was ready to go and the reps they gave him for those four or five games that he was able to play at Miami Um, I think Avery Huff could fall into this type of category as a guy who you know look he's just he's very talented he just needs reps so let's get him reps you know it helps him learn on the spot learn on the fly and I think in the end, you'll be better for it because I do think in the end, talent wins out and Avery Huff is a, a
0: very talented guy. Absolutely. David, uh, what can people look be looking forward to on the site? I guess kind of moving forward. We we yeah. said it's a dead period. So what else? What do, what do we got on deck here? I'm starting to tease a little
1: bit just stuff about looking forward to spring football Um just, you know, some of my thoughts on maybe areas that Miami can improve upon in 2019 on defense and then on offense. I'm trying to educate and, and kind of write about what Rat Lashley is all about and what his new offense will mean for the returning skill players and, you know, what De'Eric King can bring to the offense. So, you know, I think I, I'm I'm kind of focusing on that for the rest of the month, going to do uh some depth chart breakdowns everyone loves that um so yeah mainly just stuff like that uh i also want to dig more into the huddle of uh, 2021 recruiting class because i do think the state of florida is crazy deep this year not just south florida but the whole state so i got to do some more learning there so yeah i mean it, it is a dead period but plenty of there's going to be plenty of content on the site and You know plenty of discussion to have on the message board
0: Yeah, for sure. I'll be out. I think there's a seven on seven tournament. I'm gonna Swing by on saturday and then Towards the tail end of the month camp season Really starts. so i'm I'm excited about it should be uh, should be some fun times
1: It'll be good. So next podcast will be what next thursday or
0: friday, right next thursday or friday That's that's the schedule moving forward and you were saying before we taped that, so you're a big Florida
1: Panthers fan, and you're going <laughs> to a game tonight. And the last two <laughs> games, you've been some big news <laughs> yeah. has broke, right?
0: Yeah, the first the first time I went was the night uh, we found out Jalen Jalen committing or Jalen Knighton had committed to Manny Diaz and all them. And then the second time was when they locked in that official visit from. Quincy Rochet. So, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, what happened this time?
1: Let's see. Let's see if something else happens. But, anyways, it was fun. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next podcast.
0: Later.